Hello and welcome to a new series of Unlocking the Future EU Industry Days podcast, presenting insights, trends and challenges, but also fresh opportunities emerging from Europe's industrial transformation. In this episode, our guests explore the role of networking organisations in helping Europe recover from the pandemic and bolster resilience. Joining us today is Mantas Vilis, Director of the Lithuanian Innovation Centre. We also have Kadar Redzio, Cluster Manager at ProWood, a regional wood cluster in Romania. Matteo Carlo Bassani, Managing Director of the Kof Industria Delegation to the EU. And Freya Lemke is the Managing Director of the EU Rep in Brussels. So thank you all very much for joining us. First off, I'm sure people would love to know a bit more about the work you're doing. Uh, so tell us a bit about you. Yeah, uh, you correctly mentioned that I'm a director at Lithuania Innovation Centre. And we as an institution are a rather unique institution. Um, uh, basically what we do, we help innovators here in Lithuania and beyond. And we work daily with um, SMEs of different size, age and sector. Uh, but they all have one thing in common. They, they don't ac- accept the status quo and they challenge the market with new products. They push boundaries of conventional business models. They pioneer new markets. So basically what we do, we support uh, these innovators um, here. Yes, you just said, uh, I'm the managing director of uh, the representation of uh, DHK to the European Union. So DHK is the umbrella organization of the German Chambers of Commerce and Industry. So we do represent a network of uh, 79 local chambers uh, throughout Germany and we are also coordinating a network of uh, the German chambers abroad that are actually based in 92 countries around the world. I'm representing the ProWood Regional Wood Cluster in Romania. We are established um, uh, 12 years ago. We are a, a gold labor cluster. Um, we are working together with uh, all kinds of participants which are involved in the wood industry, started from the wood owners, uh, forest owners, and also the uh, representative of industries. Well, basically, I'm uh, managing director of the delegation of Confindustria to the EU. Uh, we are a team of, uh, of 15 people and I am a lobbyist. We try to represent the, the interest and the needs of uh, Italian companies, private sector, to the EU institutions. Well, one thing that has certainly disrupted the European single market over the recent years has been the COVID-19 pandemic. So tell me a bit about how this has been a game changer and how it might have underlined the importance of working together in, in groups, but also digitally. Tell me a bit about the impact it's had. Quite a lot uh, on the way we work, because I mean, as uh, everyone, I guess, in the last two years, we were obliged to work mainly from home. And uh, lobbyists, you know, advisors, uh, and uh, representative of uh, interest, they need interaction. We also need human interaction to be to perform our job. So that was the most uh, uh, difficult part of, of the pandemic, but also on the contents, because uh, suddenly in a few weeks, really, everything has changed. We were to face with shortcuts. We have to face completely different priorities and try to keep the link between uh, the country and the companies and the European institutions in a, in a different way, in a different situation. Well, it had a huge impact uh, on the business activities. You could immediately feel that in the supply chains, we are highly dependent on import and exports. 
Um, so we could, of course, already feel the first uh, effects uh, coming in through that. And then when Germany was affected, as many other countries, also the companies uh, in Germany partly had to close down their activities, uh, had difficulties getting their supplies. So it was a very tough time for them. And of course, they turned to the Chambers of Commerce immediately for support, advice and first-hand information on about, you know, what's going on, uh, where can I find help, um, how do others cope with this situation and how um, can I actually move forward with my activities. Uh, due to this situation, our members uh, report, reporting us uh, problems in their activity regarding the prices for the raw material and also for the prices for the electricity, which is a very, very big problem in Romania. Uh, the big challenge for them is to be able to fulfill the orders using raw material in, in actual costs. Another problem is regarding the orders. Some of the big furniture distributors worldwide canceled their orders. So this is our problems in, in our industry, in our country. Yeah, on one hand, uh, when we are working with the innovators, it didn't change you know, our environment that much because one way or another, when we talk about innovators, we talk about entrepreneurs that cope with the high level of risk and the high level of uncertainty. So by default, they are you know, always in a challenging environment. On the other hand, in order to support our clients in their innovation journey, we rely a lot on this social capital uh, connections people that we work with to support our SMEs and we are able to find partners for new I mean, new product testing, new market opportunities in EU, not by listing online catalogs, but by interacting with our colleagues in Enterprise Europe. Now. And yes, this process became more challenging with the pandemics. Where do you look for inspiration in finding answers to these challenges? Uh, always to our members, uh, the local chambers who have uh, really uh, a big experience in uh, supporting companies and the different phases of doing business. Um, so we were trying to pool this knowledge that we have in this massive network of local chambers of commerce, um, how to identify best practices, find solutions. Um, but then we also did a benchmark with our peers uh, at European level. Um, and we had uh, also fora for exchange with our colleagues around Europe. Uh, who were, of course, uh, in a similar situation um, to find uh, best practices over there that we could maybe uh, exchange, copy, adapt, um, and introduce as well to, to effectively support our companies in Germany as well. We look at our members. Uh, I must say we were even surprised of the uh, rate of flexibility and resilience that uh, companies have shown in the last two years. They were really great in adapting to the situation, in reacting to the situation, and into coping with the problematic that they were facing. And uh, that is, I think, is what our first uh, source of inspiration and also motivation for my for my job. We try to find the good practices in other clusters in Europe. We are in, involved in several European projects, like Horizon projects or Interreg projects, in which uh, we are sharing our good practices. Also, we are sharing good practices from other countries for our members to, to help them to, to find inspiration uh, for, for their activities. I would say we find the inspiration, you know, among our clients, basically. And uh, every time I work with uh, one SME case or another SME, I find something uh, that uh, is impactful in terms of working practices, in terms of um, ways to overcome the challenges and so on. And 
I always learn from the companies, the companies that are agile, innovative, um, sometimes they are small and therefore they are able to cope with some challenges more quickly and more flexibly. So tell me a bit about what the EU institutions or the EU leadership and signaling has meant to you as part of this. How has the EU community response been involved and, and is there more needs to be done or is it proving helpful? I would say that it is keen because this pandemic has shown that uh, you cannot be say selfish if you want to survive if you want to uh, react and to be competitive uh, for the time being and for the future we need to act as a whole uh, European Union must show also the uh, solidarity that uh, can make the boat float under this uh, a difficult period and to resist uh, to the problems that we are facing and so to be again on track uh, as soon as possible. And this cannot be made uh, at national level. It's not enough. Yeah, in my opinion, the communication between the EU leadership and countries and communities is very poor. Uh, we try to initiate di- dialogue between the industry and government, but we faced with indifferences for our problems. Also, we faced with this kind of indifferences from European force. We try to emphasize the importance of this industry in Europe, using our collaborative possibilities in Europe, developed with other clusters from uh, other European uh, countries. Um, this is not uh, somehow unique for the pandemics, but definitely that was a, an additional kind of an example, I would say, how uh, any company in Europe, they are drowning in the sea of information, thirsting for knowledge. <laughs> and uh, in order to cope with this flow of information that um, comes from, I don't know, European level on limitations, on opportunities, on uh, different support measures and so on, needs to be interpreted, let's say, digested uh, for, for the needs of particularly Lithuanian SME, because for them it's too hard to cope. 99% of our members are actually small and medium-sized companies, so they are embedded in their local environment. So their go-to point is always the local administration, uh, regional administration, national administration, and then also the European administration. But what's happening on the ground in the region remains the m- most important Uh, factor, I think. They know that the European Union is there to set the framework conditions. And this is also something that we have seen during this pandemic. Of course, it was not the European Commission handing out cash to uh, locally based uh, SMEs. They set the framework conditions um, that uh, the member states could do this. So that we had the temporary framework for state aid, for example. Then you also had the initiatives about the so-called green lanes, so that uh, trucks could still pass the border um, in a more or less uh, uh, efficient way after the borders had been closed. Um, so these are the initiatives that the companies have seen and that they also expect from these overarching activities that helped uh, maintaining the supply chains, that helped um, uh, that the support measures by German government uh, could be designed in, in the way um, that they could actually continue their business. Well, finally then, from the, your experience about post-COVID recovery, um, what advice or take-home suggestions or message would you like to give to our listeners as, as an outcome of this discussion and about the role of networking organizations? My advice is everybody is responsible for his business. 
So it's very important to be in line with the changes, possibilities, and to be in line with the market. If you want God to help you, help yourself. This is my advice. My main advice uh, to companies is really make use of these structures that are out there. As I said, they are pooling uh, a lot of um, information. Uh, they are good platform for meeting uh, entrepreneurs that are in a similar situation as uh, companies might be. So it's also a platform for uh, peer learning, let's say, um, and they are very well connected usually to uh, the policy makers um, to really have first-hand information though that companies don't have. Um, and uh, it's a great source of information that companies should use uh, more and more to really find their way through the jungle of what's going on, be it a disruption like pandemic or the changing environment at global level that we have. Digitalization is here to stay. Internationalization is there to stay. Um, so intermediate organizations can help you navigate this environment and remain competitive. A few years ago, I was told by many, you know, we don't need any more representative organization like Confindustria uh, because now we have internet. Uh, so I can be directly speaking with my MEP or with uh, European Commission or representative at every level directly. I think that now we understood that uh, the uh, organizations and associations have uh, still a big role to be played in this situation and in the future because we can be one of the part of the chain that both can work to act quicker when you have a problem, but also to prevent in the most efficient way the solution once they are found. Well, thank you very much. That sums it up nicely. It's a good point to end this podcast. Um, I would like to say thank you to all the speakers today and thank you to our listeners. That's it for this episode of Unlocking the Future podcast. Please do check out more in the series and feel free to like, share and show your appreciation online. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Commission.